progress. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Rukhamabayim. Welcome everybody. We start a new series now on Sefer Shemais. The Yeshua on Sefer Shemais are again generously sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta, Le'ilei Nishmas, Rav Shloima, Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim. Oh, it's also Le'ilei Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's father. I have to get the name on that. And Le'ilei Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvia Halevi. We thank them for again sponsoring the Shum on Sefer Shemais. Tonight's year is sponsored by my longtime friend, who I know when he uh, came to America and he came to the yeshiva in, um, in Brooklyn, Mendel Berlin, who is the editor of a wonderful Torah publication called Torah Suites. Now, now is when we're going to interrupt. We're going to have a little commercial for Torah Suites. Okay. Looking for inspiring Torah insight. Anybody who's good at commercials? Anybody want to do that? Looking for inspiring Torah insights for the Shabbos table? A weekly newsletter containing halacha, parsha thoughts, short story, and quote, not to mention some great humor mixed in. Excellent humor. The Torah Suites newsletter is a perfect match. Email torahsweets at gmail.com. Torahsweets at gmail.com to subscribe for free and transform your Shabbos table. I know Mendel... He's a terrific guy, and he should be matzliach with it. Tonight, she is also sponsored by the Rujin and Ryabinsky family in honor of IDF soldiers and all the organizations in Israel helping our brothers and sisters. Okay, we have some very important announcements. Firstly, we have some uh, trips coming up, if you w- would like to join us. Uh, at the end of February, February 17th to the 22nd. Maybe you want to join us on a trip following the journey of the Chida to Italy, to Ancona, Livorno, Pisa, Florence, Reggio, Ferrara, Bologna. We're going to go to the Kvarim of the Zara Shimshain, the Abarbanel, Ramosha David Valley, the Ramami Fano, Ramosha Zakuto. So uh, you could join us, and it will also be the yard site of the Chida. So it's perfect timing. I know you've always wanted to go to Italy, and now you could do it on the yard side of the Chida. Another very important announcement. For the very first time ever, March 3rd to March 5th, the first ever Machon Magarakia Yarche Kala in Florida, in Miami. You're all welcome to join us. Two and a half days of Limanat Torah Shurim in uh, sunny Florida. So uh, you could see all the details on our site, rabbidg.com. Okay, Parsha Shemais. We're, uh, we heard the unfortunate news last night of the passing of the Mashkiach of the Lakewood Yeshiva, Rabbi Matasiel Solomon, Zechat Zagavrach. I would like to share with you today, tonight, an incredible insight of Rabbi Matasiel Solomon. When I think about this insight, I don't know that uh, people today have Ruach HaKodesh, but this insight seems uh, divinely inspired to me. And uh, let's begin with the following question. There's a man by the name of Moshe Rabbeinu. You ever, you ever hear of him? Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Navi who ever lived. There's Moshe. Everyone else was a, a tier or many tiers below. Nobody compared to Moshe. Not Yeshaya, not Yermia, not Yechezkel, nobody. Not Shmuel Aleph and not Shmuel Beis. Okay? None of them. None of them compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu? He prophesied, he prophesied with a clear prism. 
no Navi ever uh, prophesied with a clear prism like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, according to most, did not have like a minor leagues, double A, triple A, major leagues. He went straight to the majors. He went from zero to 60. Every time God spoke with him, it was Basbaklari Hamira. In this week's parsha, we learn about Hakadosh Baruch Hu's first encounter with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's first experience of Nevuah. Where does Hashem appear? He appears to Moshe Rabbeinu in the Smitoi Chasne, in the burning bush, in the burning bush. Vayar Malach Hashem Elav, Vayira Malach Hashem Elav, Belabaseish Smitoi Chasne. Vayar Vihine Hasne Boyer Baish. The snare was burning in fire. The hasne in Enuukal. The snare was not being consumed. By the way, for all you grandfathers out there, how do you say grandson in Yiddish? Enukal. Why? Because if you have a grandson, you're Enenuukal. You haven't been consumed. You haven't been destroyed. You have continuity. Enenuukal and Enukal. Anyway. So Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu mitoich Now this is interesting. Why does Hashem speak to Moshe Rabbeinu from a snare? Why did Hashem speak to him from a tulip garden? Why did Hashem speak to him from um, an orchid? Orchids are very nice plants and also very expensive. You know, why didn't Hashem speak to him from any other bush? Why not a cedar tree? Why not a, a evergreen? Says Rashi from Chazal, why from a, a snare? Why a thorn bush? Misham imaya noichi betzara. Hakadosh Baruch Hu was teaching Moshe Rabbeinu that while Klal Yisrael is being uh, brutalized in, in Egypt, Hakadosh Baruch Hu feels our pain. Hashem's not re- appearing in a penthouse. Hashem's not appearing in luxury. The Hashem is appearing in a thorn bush to indicate imaya noichi betzara that Hashem feels the pain of the Jewish people. Now this is very interesting. This is so to speak. God's meeting with Moshe Rabbeinu for the first time. He's saying, Shalom Aleichem. You know, hey, hey Moshe, let me tell you who I am. You know who I am? I am Imoy Anoichi B'tzah. Why is Rebbe Shalom introducing himself to Moshe Rabbeinu that I am, you know what I am? I am with you in pain. God has many attributes. He's a Racham. He's a Chanun. He's Erechapayim. Why is Hashem's greeting to Moshe Rabbeinu that the Rebbe is a Imoya Nechibetzar, right? That's, this is hello. This is first meeting, first encounter. The first thing God ever said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Imoya Nechibetzar. Why is this the first message Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu? And what does Hashem want from Moshe Rabbeinu later in the parsha? Hashem comes to Moshe and He says, Hey Moshe, I have a job for you. So Moshe says, what's the job? Hashem says, you see these people? They're suffering. I've appointed you to take them out of Egypt. So what's Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction? Now, why don't you ask somebody else, right? That's a classic uh, Jewish response. Why don't you ask somebody else? Somebody, Shlach no tishlach. Send the one you usually send. What was Moshe Rabbeinu referring to? Who was Moshe referring to when he said, send the one who you usually send? Aaron HaKoyim. Aaron HaKoyim. Last week, last year, we learned who? Rabbi Akiva. But Rashi says differently. Rashi says the one that uh, Hashem usually sends was Aaron HaKain. Send the one you usually send, Aaron HaKain. What does that mean, the one Hashem usually sends? Really? Hashem spoke to Aaron HaKain before? Did you know that? Raise your hand if you knew that before Moshe Rabbeinu was a Navi, God spoke to Aaron. Rashi says Hashem spoke to Aaron. Now, 
Wait, wait a second. How many times does Hashem speak to Aaron in the whole Chumash? Can't think of any. There's no conversations just between Hashem and Aaron. And yet, if you look in the Navi Yecheskel, if you look in Shmuel, there are conversations, there are prophecies that Hashem delivered in Egypt. And it doesn't say to who they were. For example, the Navi Yecheskel says that Hashem tells Ka Yisrael, each man needs to rid themselves of their Avodah Zarah. We don't know who that was addressed to. It doesn't say whether it was to Moshe, was it to Aaron, whether it was to Eoiv. says Rashi, our tradition is, Aaron was a Navi before Moshe Rabbeinu was a Navi. Before Moshe ever prophesied, Aaron was already an established Navi. What did Hashem tell him? Look in Yechezkel, Perek Chav Pasakei, Tell them to get rid of their Avodah Zarah. By the way, I once heard from Victor Miller, you see from here the Torah is wealthy in one place and poor in another. Because in the Chumash we don't find any conversation between Hashem and Aaron HaKohen. You go to Yechezkel, you learn that God spoke to Aaron before he ever spoke to Moshe. Is that because Aaron was so modest? That well, we have to try to figure this out. Number one, why was God speaking to Aaron? And number two, when did Hashem speak to Aaron for the first time? You would not believe this. You would not believe the first prophecy that Aaron got. The Medrash Tanchuma says, don't make a mistake and think that when Hashem asked Moshe to tell, to tell uh, when Hashem asked Moshe to take Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, don't think Moshe Rabbeinu was being lazy or he didn't want to go. He did it out of respect for Aaron. He said, Mubashalam, what do you want from me? You've been speaking to Aaron for the last 80 years. Aaron had been a Navi 80 years before Moshe Rabbeinu. How many prophecies did he get? get? Countless. For 80 years, non-stop, Aaron's been speaking to God. And what about Moshe? God never said a word to him. You hear this? The greatest man who ever lived, the greatest Navi who ever lived, never communicated with God for 80 years while Aaron was speaking to him the whole time. Who says it? The Medrash. Let's, let's make a cheshben. How old was Moshe when Hashem spoke to him the first time? 80. How old was Aaron? 83. And Aaron's been getting Nevoah for 80 years. Which means that at Aaron's up, Sharon, God came to him and said, By the way, I have a job for you. You're a Navi. You're a Navi. That means Aaron was prophesying from age three years old. Aaron was prophesying. Miriam, maybe she got divine information. But Aaron was communicating with that. It was a Navi from age three. So the million dollar question, friends, is what did Aaron do when he was three years old that he deserved to be a Navi? Yeah, it's a good question. What was he doing at three years old? Was he going into uh, medita- was he meditating? Was he going into seclusion? What was he doing? What was the zuchus of Aaron? That Aaron Akoyin was already a prophet at age three. Now, here's another important uh, piece of information, and that is we know why Aaron was zochah to wear the chayshen, right? Aaron wore the breastplate with the urim v'tumim. Why was he Zoycha to wear that? Because when Moshe told Aaron, Hey Aaron, I got a new job. And Aaron says, What's that? You're, you became, uh, you're selling uh, life insurance now? What are you doing now? 
Moshe said, no, I was appointed to take the Jewish people out of, out of Egypt. Aaron could have said, what? You stole my job. This was my job. I was a Navi for 80 years. You're an Ani HaMahapech B'charara. Why'd you do this? What was Aaron's reaction? He was happy for his brother. And because he was happy for his brother, Hashem rewarded him that he said, your heart is the heart that I want to wear the chayshah and the breastplate. So we understand why Aaron at age 83 was zoicha to wear the chayshah because he was happy for his brother. But what did Aaron do at age 3 that he was zoicha to be the Navi Hashem? The answer is we only know one thing that Aaron did. And here we encounter a very interesting Pasuk. You're all familiar with the Pasuk, but you have to study the Pasuk clearly. Look in Ois Dalet, page Samach Beis. Vatiftach vatireyu esayeled. Basya, the daughter of the Pharaoh. The, the Pharaoh made a decree because his astrologer said, hey, the Jewish Savior is going to be born today. So Paro said, I'm going to decree, I'm going to murder every single baby. The Jewish baby, the Jewish Savior will not be born on this day. He will not be born, period. And God's laughing in heaven. We say this over all the time. God said, really? You're not, you're, you think you're going to destroy the Jewish Savior? Watch this. The Jewish Savior is floating in the water. Your daughter brings him in. She takes him into your palace. He grows up in your house. That night, Basia said, Dad, I can't sleep. This baby's keeping me up. Would you mind rocking him to sleep? Okay, fine. And Basia gives Paro uh, baby Moshe and Moshe's rocking, um, Paro's rocking Moshe to sleep. He's cooing him. He's And then Basia said, he's starving. He starves. So Paro said, what do you want me to do? Go to CVS, get him some formula. So Paro goes out in the middle of the night in his pajamas to CVS and he's like, who's paying for this? He said, dad, put it on your credit card. Paro takes out his Amex. He pays for Moshe Rabbeinu's formula. He pays for Moshe Rabbeinu. The Ibn Ezra asks, why did Hashem have Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader of Klal Yisrael, grow up in Paro's palace. He should have grown up in BMG in Lakewood. Wow, what's he doing? He's going to be the leader of the Jewish people. So says Ibn Ezra, if he's going to grow up among the Jewish people, they have, they're slaves. They have a low mentality. He's going to slouch. He's going to, you know, his shirt is going to be dirty. And the Pharaoh tells him, no, your boy, you're going to be a leader one day. Stand straight. He groomed him for royalty. The only reason why Moshe became Moshe is because of Paroi. You know what it says in Perkei Avos? Paroi kibel Torah misinai. You missed that, Mishnah. If not for Paroi, we never would have had a Moshe who was Mechavah the Torah. So Paroi thought he's going to exterminate the Jewish leader. Paroi created the Jewish leader. That's how God operates. In any event, let's, let's look at the Pasuk. Vatiftach. She opens up the carriage. She sees the child. The youth was crying. She had mercy on him. She said, This is a Jewish kid. So the obvious question is, is the kid a yelled or is he a nar? What do you mean? Yelled is a little child. Nar is an older kid. And then yelled again, what's the kid? Azriel, is he a yelled or a nar? Who said that? Were well, you making that up? No. Who's saying gematria? No. Nar is not. Nar is not gematria. Aaron, it's off by over a hundred. So the answer is comes the Balaturim, and the Balaturim says there are two people over here. There's a Yelad, and the Yelad is Moshe Rabbeinu, 
So vatiftach vatereo sayelad. She opened up and she saw Moshe. Vihine nar, nar like Reb Sander said is Aroin, because the gematria of nar boicha is ze Aroin hakoyhen. He looked ahead. You could have looked ahead also. You could have looked ahead also. You know. So. The gematria of nar boicha is ze Aroin hakoyhen. So listen to the pasuk. She opens up the carriage. She sees a baby crying. There's an older kid crying next to him. She says, it must be a Jewish child. So what do we see about Moshe Rabbeinu? What do we see about Aaron HaKoyin? One thing we know, as a little boy, he's standing by the riverside and he, and he cries for the plight of his brother. Now, Miriam was a little bit further down. That's Vate. We're going to talk, by Miriam it says, Vate Satsav. Now I'm going to tell you a story. This story is not in print. You're not going to hear it anywhere. You heard it? You heard it? From, I said it. You heard it from me already? You heard it in the morning show? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Basically, many years ago, my father told me the story. Fifteen years ago. And a year ago, this like the fuzzy details of the story were like floating around in my head. And I said it once at the Shabbos Shuvadrasha, something to do with why Ramat Yisrael Solomon was zoicha to be the Lakewood Mashkiach. I couldn't like piece it together. I called up his Talmud Muvuk. I said, I believe Ramat Yisrael said this when he was inaugurated as a Mashkiach in Lakewood. He said it's not true. I was there. I wrote down what he said. He didn't say the, any story. I said, there's a story. Who would know the story? He said, call up Rav Matasio's oldest son-in-law. I called him up. He said, it sounds vaguely familiar. Call my younger brother-in-law. I called, what's his name? Halperin. I called Rabbi Halperin. He said, nobody knows the story. It's not in print. It's not, you can't hear it anywhere. But he said it publicly in front of a few thousand people. It, for some reason, the cameras broke. It was never recorded and no one ever heard it again. And the story goes like this. Ramatasio Solomon, not when he was inaugurated, when he was um, honored by the Lakewood Yeshiva. You all heard it, but you're just humoring me. The, um, when he was honored by the Lakewood Yeshiva, he basically got up there in the Brooklyn Marriott and he said, you're not honoring me, you're honoring my mother. What do you mean? He said, 1941, Rab Aaron Cutler, was, he had to move his Yeshiva from Kletsk to Vilna, and then the Vat Hatzalah had a plan to rescue Rab Aaron, either through England or through America. And in order to carry out the rescue, somebody had to wait in the designated office all night long at the phone in case the call would come in to save the life of Aaron Cutler. So they needed a volunteer in England to wait all night in a secure bunker to wait for the call from the Vat HaTzalah. Who volunteered? A girl by the name of Ethel Solomon. It was a Friday night, and she had a Bimachal Shabbos, and wait at that phone in case, or at least be willing to, in case the call would come in to rescue Rabaran. But Matasio got up and he said, in the merit that my mother was vatesatsav achoisoi meirachaik ledeya maye asaloi to Rabaran Cutler, her son was zaycha to become the mashkiach of Rabaran Cutler's yeshiva in Lakewood. Anyway, so that's, uh, it, it hit me that Rav Matasio was nifter, uh, this week, when we read about this uh, in the parsha, so let's examine this a little bit uh, more carefully. Aaron Hakoyin, he's a three-year-old boy. 
and he's crying over the plight of his little brother who was just born on Zion Adar. A child who could have the empathy and the sympathy for a brother, that's a child who is to become a Navi right there on the spot. You could cry for your brother, that's the Midah Hashem is looking for, to communicate with such an individual. But let's take it one step further. Because how did Basya know this was a Jewish child? So Toysva says, well, she sees the kid floating. She sees Ara, and Aaron, of course, was wearing a strimal, right? And a Bekisha. And so he looked Jewish. And he, and he knows that Aaron is the brother of this kid. So it must be, if Aaron is Jewish, Moshe must be Jewish. Now, I'm just joking. He wasn't wearing a shab. Maybe it was a spadak. Yeah? But whatever. He looked, Aaron looked Jewish. So he figures, if Aaron is Jewish, he figures Aaron Jewish. The kid next to, to him is also Jewish. But the Arachayim HaKadosh says a Dover Nifla, and don't look it up because you're not going to find it. It's not in the Arachayim HaKadosh Allah Torah. It's in Drushos Arachayim. Okay? Arachayim has Drushos. Drushos Arachayim. says Arachayim, when Basya saw that this kid's sibling was crying over him, said it must be a Jewish child. Only a Jewish child could have the sympathy and empathy to cry for his brother. This is not a Gentile child. If this kid is crying for his brother, it must be a Jewish child. She said, That's a very beautiful shot uh, of the Archaim HaKadosh. Now, comes the brother of Asher Arieli. You ever hear of Rab Shloima Arieli? Rab Shloima Arieli, Rab Asher's brother. Rab Shloima Arieli wrote... The Blue Rebbe Kivegers. So when I was a kid, they had three volumes of Rebbe Kivegar and Shas. Then they have now the Blue Rebbe Kivegar. You ever see the Blue Rebbe Kivegers? It's a volume, a separate volume on each Masechta with extensive notes. Rav Shloima Arieli, the brother of Ash Arieli. He wrote three volumes on Yomtif, on Parshios. It's called Rapduni Betapuchim. Very, very lamdash. Lamdash on Chumash. Unbelievable Svarim. And he says... Now we understand why Aaron HaKoyen was Zoycha to become a Navi at three years old and he continued to prophesy for 80 years. It was in the merit of the Tsar, the empathy that he felt for his brother. He was Zoycha Tinevua. Now friends, I want to just share with you the following imagery. Here you have someone suffering and someone standing on the other side of the river. What is their responsibility? At the very least... If you're not there in the water with them, if you're on the other side of the river, at the very least, you have to feel their pain. If you feel their pain, it's an opportunity to be elevated. When our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael are suffering, if you're not there with them, but we're on the other side of the river, here we are, we're on the east coast, we're on the other side of the river, at the very least, if you can't go there and help them, the most basic obligation is to feel their pain, to, to cry for them, to cry for their suffering. That's what we learned from Aaron HaKoyen. Aaron HaKoyen at age three already, he had the taras hanefesh, he had the godless to cry for his brother. So friends, let me ask you a question. Then why, then and there, God should have said, Hey Aaron, you cried for your brother, not only your navi, you're going to wear the choshen. Did the Rebbe award Aaron the ability to wear the choshen at age three years old? No, not until Aaron was 83 
Was he zaycha to wear the chayshen? Was he zaycha to, to be eligible to wear the chayshen? What did he do at age 83 that he didn't do at age 3? So at age 83, he was happy for his brother's success. Yeah, but he was already crying for his brother at age 3. Ah, says Rabbi Shalom Arieli, we see a great principle in human dynamics. It's not so hard to feel someone else's pain. If you know someone else can't make a living, my heart goes out for them. You need, you know, someone who needs a shidduch, I feel for you. You know, someone who's waiting to have a child, I feel. You know, someone who's ill, I feel bad. My heart goes out. I'm, I empathize with you. But when you see someone's more successful than you, you see someone's family more blessed. It's not so easy to feel happy for them. That requires a much, much higher level. I think we could all agree that it's much easier to feel bad for someone than to feel happy for them. To feel happy for them, you have to be on a much higher level. Arna Koin at age three, he was already on the highest level of empathy, sympathy. And he was like to become a Navi. But it took him 80 years to rise up to the level to be happy for his brother's success. And that's the highest possible level. Friends, I want to share something with you. Raise your hand if you like to go to a Kiddush. No, I'm saying, and not eat. Let's say you wouldn't be eating. You can't eat. Who here likes to go to Kiddush if they're not going to eat anything? So what do I need to go for? Socializing. I want to, and, and, you, and let's say you can't even talk to anybody. I want to share with you the most important part of going to a Kiddush. Or you're sitting at a chuppah. You know what the most important thing to do at a simcha is? To feel happy for the Baal Simcha. That is the main objective of going to someone's simcha. To feel happy for the person. They had a baby, feel happy for them. They marrying off their kid, feel happy for them. Whatever it is, whatever the simcha is, they're making a chasana, they're making an afraf, they're making a vart, they're making a bris, they're making a kiddush. The main objective is to feel happy for them. And if you're able to tell them you're happy for them, you're even better. That's a very high madrega. You do that, Hashem says, I don't have any more choshens to give you, but I'm going to give you something good. It's a very high level to feel happy for another Jew. That's the level of Aaron Akayim. Rabbi Sai, now I'm going to share with you the amazing discovery of Ramatis Solomon, Zechet Tzadik Lebracha. This is such a beautiful vart that I my soul quivers when I say it over. At the end of the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Yosef. Oli Yosef Amar, Mivayrachas Hashem Arzai, Mi Meget Shamayim, Mi Tal, Umi Tehayim, Rivet Ses Tachas. Rashi says, Ein Lecha Eretz, Mivayrachas Ka'arzai Shal Yosef. No Shevet was blessed with such a bounty like Yosef HaTzadik. Not Asher, not Zavulon. There is no Shevet who had more blessing than Yosef. Says God, says Moshe, you know who's giving it to you? It's coming from Umi Meged Eretz Umlaya Uretzayin Shoycheni Sineh. You know who's giving it to you, Yosef? 
the one who resides in the burning bush. Huh? Who's that, by the way? Who resides in the burning bush? Hashem. I have a question for you. God has many names. How many names does God have? Ten. Good, seven names. Havaya, Elohim, Tzvakais, Kale, Shakai, Ekya, seven names, Shainam, Nimchakim. And one of them is not Rutsoin, the Shoich Nisna, the, guy, the one who resides in the thorn bush. He has many Midois. Kale, Racham, Mechanon. What? Does anybody, how many times in the Torah is God called the one who resides in the thorn bush? Never! Not in Chumash, not in Nevi'im, not in Ksuvim, except for the bracha given to Yosef. Ask Ramat the Seol Solomon, why? Why all of a sudden now is God called the one who resides in the thorn bush? It says Ramat the Seol, there's a Balaturim. Twice in Tanakh it says the following word, Ule Yosef. One is Ule Yosef Amar, at the end of the Torah, when God gives the blessing to Yosef. The other is in Bereshis. Ule Yosef Yulad Shnei Banim, Beterem Tavay Yosef had kids before the famine. Once the famine came, he stopped engaging with his wife. He said, the world is suffering, I'm not going to engage in pleasure. He had his children before the famine. Says Balaturim, because Yosef felt the pain of mankind and he didn't engage in pleasure when people were suffering, that is why Yosef was Zoycha to the greatest blessing of all the Shvatim. Because Yosef was Noisei Ba'alim Chaveroi, he was Zoycha to the greatest bounty. People are looking for Zuchusim for Parnasa. Here it is. You ready? The big Zuchus. Feel pain when other people are suffering. Oh, says the Mashkiach. Now we know why Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yosef, Yosef. You know why you got the bounty? You know why you want it big? You know why Uli Yosef Amar Mevareches Hashem Arzai? Because Uli Yosef Yulad Shnei Banim Beterem Tavish Nasarav. You didn't engage in pleasure when other people are suffering. So you know who's giving you the bracha? The one who introduced himself to the first time to me with the mida that of all his midas he's what? Imay Anoichi Betara. Yosef, I want to let you know why you're getting the blessing. You're getting this blessing because you learned the lesson that Hashem taught me when He said hello to me the first time. And He said, you know who I am? I'm, I'm God. You know what God is? God is someone who feels your pain. You learned that lesson. So Yosef, this is not coming from Kael, Shakai, Tzavakos. It's coming from the God whose quintessential mida is Mitoy Chaseh Ima That's Rav Matasio Salman. Now I want to share with you a humble edition. And then I'm going to share with you a mamisha gift from heaven. It's a gift. It's, it's better than if a package would have come down wrapped with a bow. Okay, you'll be masking. This is matan menashemayim. Without any, nothing less than that. I have a question for you. Okay, a little trivia question. What's the name of the mountain where God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, Israel? Very good. Yeah. This man got it. Harsinai. Harsinai. Harsinai is the mountain. Does anybody know? Yeah, yeah, that's... Whatever happened on Harsinai, that it should be Zoycha, that Hashem gave the Torah on that mountain. Historically, before God gave the Torah on Harsinai, do we ever encounter this mountain? Correct. One of those two choices. One of those two possibilities. 
No, did anyone ever go there? Did anyone ever, I was supposed to go there in January. I was. Uh, Reb Shmuel Klein was there, and I was supposed to go there, but we decided no, because of the events that Egypt might not be the best place to go right now. There's a, there might be 7-Eleven over there. I don't know. I'm just... How, how do you know how old I am? <laughs> yeah. And they have even some stream over there. I mean, those monks, I don't know where they have water. sir. On Harsinai, did anything ever happen? You you bet, yes. You know what happened? After God told Moshe, I want you to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, Moshe went back to Harsinai. Moshe went back to Egypt. And on his way back, he met someone. His name was Aaron. Look in the past, look in Oishas. Vayoymer Hashem al Aaron. Lech Likras Moshe Midbara. God says to Aaron, go meet Moses. Vayifkeshehu Baharho Lekim. He met him on Harsinai. Vayishakloi. He gave him a kiss. So what do we know that happened on Harsinai before the Torah was given? That when Aaron meets his brother, where he could have been jealous, or he could have been miffed, or he could have been, you know, stingy about it. He kissed him, Balev Shalem, and with Taras Halev, he was happy for his brother. I wanted the guy. It's a good tourist place. He was, that's where he met. Question. In Parshas Bahaloischa, Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe, I need 70 Zikanim to be the Sanhedrin. Now you need to know, to be a member of Sanhedrin, you need to know Kol HaToyrah Kula. You need to know Shaz Bavli, Toysvis, the Marsha, Pnei Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva Eger, Noi Debi Hudak Tzois. You need to know Shulchanach, Shachan Taz. You need to know Toyrah Kod. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, no problem, I'm going to get you 70 Goinim. So Hashem says, go take Esvali Shivamish, Mizikne Yisrael, Asher Yadate Kihim Zikne Ha'am V'Shaitrab. Go take elders that you know who are leaders of the people and stand with there. Says Rashi, which guys did Moshe Rabbeinu take? The ones that he knew who were officers in Egypt when they were commanded to make the Kalisa fulfill their quota. And instead of making them fulfill their quota, they had mercy on them and they were hit on their account and they took it on the chin for their brethren. Those became the 70 members of the Sanhedrin. Asks Hagoin Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro, not to be confused with Rav Moshe Shapiro. Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro says, "Wait a second. God asked him to bring Goinim, not nice guys, not nice people." He said, "Get Tamid Chachamim." So what's he taking people who were beat for their brethren and took it on the chin? Okay, good guy. They're nice guys. Shkayach, Yashukayach. You're wonderful people. You're what we call a good guy. But we need big rabbis here. We don't need good guys. We need Goine Torah. So why did Moshe Rabbeinu take these people? He says, Hagoin Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro, from here we learn that the essential ingredient of reaching great levels in Limud Torah is feeling pain for other people and suffering to prevent other people from suffering. Because the Torah, the Gemara Menachah says, you know who gave the Torah? The Toiv, God, the good one. He gave Torah, which is called Lekach Toiv. He gave it to Moshe, it was called Tovya Toiv. To Klaito, it was called Toivim. Torah is the definition of goodness and the essential midah that is needed to understand and achieve greatness in Torah 
is feeling the pain of others. And even though they were necessarily noted for their godless and Torah, but if they excelled in feeling the pain of others, you could bet your bottom dollar these would ultimately be the biggest Tamidah Chachamim. So what do we learn from here? That the foundation of the Torah, of understanding the Torah, not just a school for wealth, which it is, but a, the foundation of understanding the knowledge of Hashem is having the midah that you could feel the pain of someone else. And what's the highest level of this midah? Being happy for the success of someone else. So if you need it to select a place where this place has already been stamped and seared as the place where the highest example of feeling the pain of someone else was ever de- displayed and demonstrated, where is the makayim that someone reached the highest plateau of goodwill toward another? That place was Harhalakim, where the older brother, who had been prophesying for 80 years, when he heard that his younger brother got the job, he kissed him. That's how happy he was. Ah, oh, Yvonne Shalom says, this is the place. This is where I want to give the title. Right over here. Let people understand this is the foundation of Kala Tarakula. Vayifkeshehu, Vaharho Aleikim, Vayishaklai. Says Ribansham, mark off the place. This is the place I want the Tar to be given. Okay, now I want to share with you one last thought. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do to deserve Nevoah? Ah, so maybe this will help us answer this question. So I was once on one of these trips. We went to Morocco. We had with us this little Sefer Torah, tiny Sefer Torah. It was like the size of mezuzah. And it was Parshas Vayichi. And the Balkoire Pasha could not see where Vayichi began. Because there's no, there's no space between the end of Vayichi and the beginning of Vayichi. And the Sefer Torah is Mamash mezuzah. You need a magnifying glass come out to see it. So nobody knew where, where the Parsha started. Why? Because Parshas Vayichi is a Parsha Susuma. Why is it a Parsha Susuma? What does Rashi say? Kivan Shaniftaru Yaakov Avinu Nistamu Enehem Vilibam Shal Yisrael. When Yaakov passed away, the eyes and the heart of the Jewish people sealed shut. Anyone ever hear that Rashi before? We all know the Rashi. And when Yaakov passed away, the eyes and the heart of the Jewish people sealed shut. So, Hashem, hey or Enai, one simple question. What's this emphasis that their eyes sealed shut, their heart sealed shut? Just say, when Yaakov died, we were brutalized, we were tortured, we were beaten, we were, we were despondent, we were depressed. What's the focus on the eyes and the heart? You ever wonder about that? What does it mean that our eyes and our heart sealed shut? And Hashem illuminated my eyes. We come to this week's parsha. What do we know about Moshe Rabbeinu? The famous pasuk and Rashi, Vayigdulu Moshe, Vayitzei Alechav, Vayar B'Sivloisam. What does Rashi say? Nasan Einav V'Liboi Lios Meitzar Aleim. Moshe Rabbeinu grew up. He went out, and he put his eyes and his heart. To feel the pain of other Jews. 
It's not in the sheet. It's added. No extra charge. Okay? Moshe Rabbeinu went out and he put his eyes and his heart on the Jewish people. Now we know why you need eyes and a heart. You need eyes to see someone else's pain. You need a heart to feel someone else's pain. But the problem was, you know why Chazal say that our eyes and our eyes, uh, our eyes and heart were sealed shut? You know how it is that when you're when you're having a bad day, and you're sort of caught up in your own difficulty, and you see someone else, you don't even see anybody else suffering. You can't feel anyone else's pain. When you're so caught up in your own plight, you can't pay attention to anybody else. What happened was, when Yaakov passed away, we were so tormented, our eyes and our heart are sealed shut from seeing someone else's pain and feeling someone else's pain. And then Houston, we got a problem. Because if you can't see someone else's pain and you can't feel someone else's pain, you're going to be trapped in Egypt forever. Because God deals with a person Quid pro quo, measure for measure. If you can't see someone else's pain and you can't feel someone else's pain, God said, I, I would love to help you. But I'm not, I, don't see, I don't see a problem. I don't feel your pain. It's not that he doesn't see or he doesn't feel, but he acts as if he doesn't see or he acts as if he doesn't feel because our eyes and heart are sealed shut. So we need someone to break the cycle. Comes Raya Mehemna. Comes our faithful shepherd. Comes Moshiach and Shal Yisrael. Moshiach looks up and he sees the eye of heaven, so to speak, is closed. He sees the heart of heaven is closed. So Moshiach says, how are we going to break the cycle? Vayetze Moshiach Vayar says Rashi, Nasan Einav Velibay Liyais Meitzar Aleim. I'm going to put my heart on the Jewish people. I'm going to put my eye on the Jewish people. So what would you expect the reaction of heaven going to be? God's going to open his eye. He's going to open his heart. I can't believe it. Listen to these words of Rashi. As Mama should give from heaven. A few psukim later. Vayar Elohim Esbenei Yisrael Vayeda Elohim Listen to Rashi. Nosan Alehem Lev Veloy Helem Einov it's unbelievable. Simple Rashi's. You hear this? All of a sudden, God put His heart on us, and He put He didn't ignore His eye. If you want to see, it's not on the sheet. It's going to be on the Pninim this week. You hear this? You hear the cycle? You see, when our eyes and heart are sealed shut because we are too caught up in our own pain, then God says, "God, ignore you. Sorry, you did it to yourself. It's not me. I can't. I can't look at you. I don't see it because." It's not, it's not that I don't see, it's you're not letting me see. You're not letting me feel. So Moshe Rabbeinu has to break the cycle. The, the second Moshe Rabbeinu is Nasan Aleim Lev. Nasan Liba Einoi Veliba Aleim. The Rebbein Shem responds in, in kind immediately. Nasa Vayar Eloikim Esbenei Yisrael Vayeda Eloikim Nasan Aleim Lev Loi Helem Einov. A few psukim later. Rashi Yashan. It's in the Rashi's in parentheses. Samti lev lehisboinein ladas esmachoivav. Veloy he'elamti einai. Now we understand, Rabbi Isai, why when God greets Moshe Rabbeinu, He says, hey, you want to know who I am? Uh, we'll get to the Havaya later. We'll get to the Ekiat later. First thing you need to know is who I am. I feel your pain. Why is that the first thing Hashem tells Moshe? He's letting him know, how are you going to get out of here? 
this is the key to get out. And sometimes we want to know how do we how do we make it that Hashem more acutely is seeing our suffering and more acutely is feeling our pain. The answer is it's all dependent on us. Where do we learn that? Vayera elav Hashem Hashem is letting us know the way we feel toward our friend. Is our eye open to look at him? You know, everybody talks about Shmir Senayim. You have to have your eyes closed. You have to have one eye. You have to have your eyes closed. You also have to have your eyes open. You have to have your eyes open to see what other people are going through. You have to have your heart open to feel their pain. An even higher level is to be happy for their success. Rashi tells us in Shirashirim that God's going to speak with us one more time. When Mashiach comes, He's going to teach us the secrets of the Torah. Hashem's waiting to come back to Har Sinai. But it's up to us that when we hear about our friend's success, the reaction has to be, Vayishak we should be happy, believe Shalem. And in that Zuchus, here we are, we're across the ocean. We're like Miriam Hanaviah, but at the very least, we have to emulate the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Imanach Rabbi Yisai, thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Thank you.